This sermon was preached on July 19th, 2020 at Sure Foundation Lutheran Church located in Brandon, South Dakota on the basis of Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. Those who are successful have grit. Grit is not a word that we use all that often, but if I had to describe what grit was, I would say that it's somebody who has the ability to push through whatever the situation might be, despite whatever obstacles might present themselves. And the obstacles are sometimes huge. But the people with grit have the ability to to block out what seems uncomfortable or painful, or or they seem to be able to handle just about anything. And a person with grit is not going to let anything stand in their way. Grit is a part of being mentally tough. As a culture, we applaud people that are mentally tough, don't we? We aspire to be mentally tough ourselves because it's actually a pretty useful trait in this world. Because every day or, or every week or every month, something is thrown at you that you weren't prepared for. And it seems like the mentally tough can just block out these things and move forward. Or, or it seems like the mentally tough are, are fairly unaffected by these things and can just handle them. It's as if they're wearing some sort of armor. They are so resilient, they are tough, and we aspire to be that tough. We aspire to be that tough because we know that we aren't always that tough. The stuff that is thrown at us on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, it does bother us. We are affected by it. We can try to be tough and pretend that it doesn't bother us, but we know deep down we aren't as tough as we are letting on. We are perhaps just scared to show our weakness. The stuff that affects us and bothers us could be just about anything. It could be something that that happens from the people around us. It could be something they said that that affects us, that bothers us. It could be something that they did that affects us or bothers us or hurts us. It it could be hurt that that comes from things that are out of our control. The death of a loved one, the, the pain of a disaster, the diagnosis of a disease. It could even be self inflicted hurt which includes the baggage of my past and all the mistakes that I've made in my past. But the bottom line is, the people with grit seem to be able to handle these things. The people with grit, the people who are mentally tough, can can carry these burdens and do it with class. At least that's the message of the world. But what does Jesus have to say about this? This morning we are continuing in the book of Matthew, We're going to jump in in chapter 11, starting at verse 25. It says, At that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, And no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is God's word. Jesus is speaking to God the Father, and he praises God the Father for hiding the truth from the wise and the learned. After a phrase like that, it it would probably be important for us to know what Jesus is responding to to, from the previous verses. Jesus had just finished pronouncing judgment on several unrepentant cities. Cities like Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. You see, Jesus had gone and visited these cities, and he had preached to the people there. He had urged them to repent of their sins, and he offered himself as the solution for sins. He had spent a decent amount of time there, and while he was there, he even did many miracles in their midst. But still, they rejected him. As wise as they were, as learned as they were, they still didn't believe in Jesus. The truth of the gospel remained hidden to them. Not hidden in the sense that they hadn't heard it, but hidden in the sense that they didn't believe it or or understand it or receive the blessings of it. Yet this very same thing that was hidden from the wise and the learned was revealed to little children. And the word that the author uses for little children here is maybe better translated as infants. Jesus is setting up a pretty stark contrast here between the wise and the learned, and infants. The wise and the learned won't believe, but infants will. Infants who have no ability on their own to take care of themselves, infants who have no ability to reason through anything, no infant has ever been considered wise or learned, yet that is the point. Those who are wise and learned know how to take care of themselves, or or so they think. If something is thrown at the wise and learned, they handle it. They may be hurt by something someone said or did to them, but wisdom says, Be tough. The mentally tough can push through the hurt. They may be hurt by things out of their control, like death of a loved one or a diagnosis of a disease, but wisdom says, Be tough. The mentally tough push on. They may feel incredibly weighed down by all the mistakes they have made in their life and by their past that still haunts them, but the learned are tough. They are able to push forward and repress feelings of guilt and shame, for it's a nuisance to have a conscience that bothers you. The point is that the wise and the learned believe that they have the intellect, the reason, and the ability to be self-sufficient. The self-sufficient person rejects weakness and refuses to reveal any weakness to anyone. Does any of this description of the wise and the learned hit home for you? It wouldn't surprise me if it did. It's almost a currency in the United States to have grit and mental toughness and to be self-sufficient. No one likes to show weakness, but, but how does that work? Because in your life... It seems like this particular moment plays on repeat again and again and again. I want to know if you've had a moment like this. It is that moment where you take a step back from your life and you look at your life and you realize that all those things that you try to control and manage in your life are actually not in your control at all. This may happen in a small way or a big way. 
you may realize that as much as you try, you can't control other people's words and actions. You may realize that as much as you try, you cannot prevent death, disasters, or diseases. And here's a big one. As much as you try, you cannot carry the load of sins of your past or your present. There is no possible way for you to be spiritually self-sufficient. Any religion or plan that tells you that you can is a flat-out lie. You may have all the reason and intellect in the world, but you cannot reason your way to God. You may consider yourself a very strong person, but no one is strong enough to carry the load of sin on their shoulders. The point is this. A huge obstacle in the way of having a spiritually strong relationship with God is holding on to the delusion of my own self-sufficiency. It is a major obstacle to believe that you can be independent of God. Who are the people today that we would consider the most wise and learned? I'm sure there's several people that would make that list, but somewhere on the top of the list you'd find university professors. Yet in a, in a fairly recent study, the rate of proclaimed atheists or agnostics is 15% higher among university pres- professors than the rest of the general population. And in that same study, they looked at prestigious universities. These are the top universities in the country. And in these prestigious universities, somewhere between 40 to 50% of the faculty claimed they were atheists or agnostics claiming that they didn't believe in God or or they weren't sure if there was a God. That's what an atheist or an agnostic is. And so the point is this, worldly intelligence has no correlation to faith in Jesus. Because things in God's kingdom operate a little differently than in the United States where we despise weakness. God does not shy away from weakness. In fact, he embraces it. This is obvious in Jesus. He gave up power and took on human weakness. He took on a human body with all of its weaknesses. And he is empathetic to human weakness, meaning he's been there. He's experienced it himself too. Weakness is not a negative thing for Jesus. Earlier in the book of Matthew, Jesus was talking and he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the gentle. You see, Jesus doesn't praise self-sufficiency. And we can see that in our passage too. Jesus references that infants receive the gospel, whereas the wise and the learned did not. Now, an infant has no delusions of self-sufficiency. They are helpless to help themselves. Yet through the waters of baptism, the Holy Spirit works faith in their hearts Infants believe in Jesus before they can reason or learn much of anything. This faith that has worked in their hearts is totally and completely the work of God. The infant can take no credit but receives all of the benefit. And in this way, Jesus praises dependency. Dependency on God. God's kingdom is just different than any other kingdom. He knows that you are weak. He knows that you are weary. He knows that you are burdened. He knows that the weight of sin and guilt with the addition of diseases, disasters, and disappointments is too heavy for you to bear. And we need somebody to carry that weight.
Jesus carries that weight. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest. That is what we are looking for. We are looking for relief from the pain of loss. We are looking for a reprieve from a conscience that is tormenting us. We are looking for rest from the chaos of this world and of our lives. Jesus offers you just that. With a gracious invitation, he says, come to me. Don't go anywhere else for relief, because relief and rest is found nowhere else. He offers it to everyone indiscriminately. He says, come to me, all. Infant or elderly, male or female, rich or poor, the Lord offers rest to all. All who are weary from life and all who are burdened by their sin. The forgiveness he won on that cross and the heaven he secured for us gives us rest. Here's what that means for your life. When the words and actions of other people affect your life, lay that burden on Jesus and watch him give you rest. When things that you have no control over in life leave you feeling like you are in constant state of chaos, lay that burden on Jesus and watch him give you rest. When your conscience is terrorized by sins of your past or the weakness that you fell into sin yet again, lay that burden on Jesus and watch him give you rest. Right here and now, you have rest. While the rest of the world continues to scramble to prove they are self-sufficient, you rest. You rest knowing that you are sufficient in Jesus. While the rest of the world scrambles to shake the guilt and shame that they carry around, you rest. You rest knowing that Jesus carried that guilt and shame for you. While the rest of the world seeks to hide their weaknesses, you rest. You rest knowing that where you are weak, Christ is strong. Continue to run back to your Savior when you are weary and burdened, and continue to seek rest in Him. Augustine was a, was a famous Christian writer from the early Christian church, and he has a quote that is quoted quite often. He says, My soul is not at rest until it finds rest in you. Let this be the cycle of your life, to continually find rest in Jesus until you enter eternal rest with Jesus, where you will never be weary or burdened again. Amen.